Fetish kicked out a new cohort. I guess nobody really needs guns. I'm not always right after all. Oh, Peter. Hearing you say that almost makes it worth having the world blown up. Where are we gonna go? I hear there's a Carvel factory in Framingham. All right, Fudgy the Whale, and Cookie Puss, and Cookie Opus, and Nutty the Chocolate Ghost. Come on, everybody, let's sing a song. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But we're in those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely. Hey everybody and welcome to Frickin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast, an episode-by-episode look back at Family Guy 20 years later. I'm Ian and I'm super excited to be doing this episode this week. Uh, This week's episode is Da Boom. It's the apocalyptic Y2K fantasy episode that gets um, taken away as as a dream episode later at the very end. It first aired December 26th, 1999. It was the Sunday after Christmas. Uh, Christmas was a Saturday that year. And it debuted alongside some uh, re uh, repeats of The Simpsons, King of the Hill, and X-Files. It uh, Futurama had ended its first season, if you remember. They had... Uh, They'd been preempted by sports until the late fall, and by uh, November 14th, 1999, they had ended their uh, first season with Fry and the Slurm Factory, the classic episode where it's a Willy Wonka retelling with the Slurm soda from Futurama. Uh, King of the Hill and the Simpsons actually did not air anything new this week. The last new episodes that they had aired were December 19th, 1999, with Hellenium, their own Y2K episode. Where Hank is irritated by everyone freaking out about Y2K, but then he himself gives in and starts uh, prepping for it. And the Simpsons episode that night was the Grift of the Magi, which is the classic episode where the toy company takes over the school because they ran out, they went bankrupt, and they are using the children as a focus group to create a new toy called Funzo that the Simpson children help take down because the, uh, it's also trying to take out some other uh, toys um, to wipe out competition. <clears throat> but the episodes that we that repeated uh, that night that went along with Family Guy on this Sunday, which if, if you if you if you didn't realize it uh, by the air dates, our last episode uh, debuted three months prior to this in September. Um, they had uh, preempted it for some reason, and then they decided that this episode needed to go on the day after Christmas. It didn't really have much competition. I looked up the TV listings for that day, so it, it didn't really have much competition, but it um, it it just seemed like a really odd way to, to do it. And then our next episode after this wouldn't uh, debut until March 7th two, uh, in the year 2000. Um, as a mid-season premiere, which it's the fourth season, or it's the fourth episode of the season, so um, they already were trying to um, slowly starting to get rid of it because the first two didn't do very well against uh, Friends on Thursday night. But the repeated episodes that they played with uh, Family Guy uh, that night on December 26th 
was the Wings of the Dope episode where Luann keeps seeing her dead boyfriend Buckley's ghost on the trampoline. And the Simpsons episode was Guess Who's Coming to Criticize Dinner, which was the really fun crossover episode with The Critic where Jay Sherman comes to judge a film uh, competition like Sundance, but uh, based in Springfield. And it's a really good episode. Homer ends up uh, doing the right thing in the end and, and Mr. Burns's efforts to win the uh, best film award or thwarted. Um, it's a really fun episode. Uh, I really recommend seeing that one. And uh, as far as our episode, there are a couple of guest stars in this. Uh, Patrick Duffy and Victoria Principal re, um, re, uh, come back as their characters, Bob and Pam Ewing from Dallas, to... Um, uh, to supply the ending for this episode. And Will Sasso actually makes an appearance as Randy Newman in the uh, section where uh, Randy Newman is prevalent. And as I said in the last episode, uh, it was, uh, holy crap, was the last episode to feature Lacey Chabert as, Me- as Meg Griffin. And this is the actually the first episode to feature Mila Kunis as Meg Griffin. So that's um, really, really fun. We're glad to have her on the cast. And this is a really fun episode. It's it's uh, an apocalyptic Y2K episode. Um, if you don't know what Y2K is, then you're probably uh, on the younger side. And um, it's a really fun episode. There's a lot of fun sci-fi references. And we'll get into it here in just a minute. But first, got to hear a, a little ad from our sponsor, Anchor. And we're back, and this one starts with the theme music. There's no cold open on this one, um, but there is a cold open in that it's uh, we see the house and it's covered in snow. The date says twelve thirty one ninety nine. So technically, this is a future episode by five days. Um, we see the news, and we're we're having a look back at the last thousand years and and uh, those special people that we lost: uh, Joan of Arc, Leonardo da Vinci, Norman Fell. Um, Meg comes in and she says that she got a date to Quagmire's party with Kevin finally, um, which is really sweet. Um, if you haven't noticed in, a, in the past few episodes, ever since uh, Joe and Kevin and Bonnie showed up, Meg has been having a little side story where she's been coming home with him from school holding hands and, and, and she has a date with him here. And um, it's really it's it's really good character development for her before they decided to make her character a joke. And it's really sweet. Um, so I thought I'd just point that out because I'm pretty sh- sure soon uh, Kevin's going to disappear and Meg's going to settle kind of into a, um, a, a more of a, a role that she that we'll see her in later on in the show. Um, but everyone's excited about, um, the New Year's party that at Quagmire's house. Um, Peter says he's really excited because, uh, a party at other people's houses is, uh, way better than a party at your house. And then we cut to him and Lois, um, at a party. They're doing the conga line and, uh, he's going, dun, 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 and he throws his wine glass, dun, 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 and he runs outside and gives his car and crashes through the window. And, um... Then we cut to Peter going to the liquor store. He's going to buy some supplies for the party that night, which is pretty nice of him. And uh, he runs into a guy in a chicken suit who tries to give him a coupon for uh, uh, the chicken place next door. And he's like, whoa, I don't take um, I don't take coupons from giant chickens. 
Um, he's like, yeah, that happened to me once before. And then we see Peter. We cut to Peter later on uh, talking to a lady in a store. He's like, here, I have this coupon. She's like, oh, this is expired. And he's like, he turns around and he looks at the, it, it's the giant chicken that will uh, come to know um, who we're going to have our first giant. I never, I didn't under, I didn't know how we were going to do this. Um, at first I thought, um, we'll just play it. And then I listened to it and watched it and it's not conducive to a, um, we'll try and do a little something maybe. Uh, and, and no, actually what we're going to do is, um, so Peter jumps through the window and, um, starts fighting this chicken and they're just they're throwing they're throwing punches they're hitting each other they they eventually walk themselves up onto a walking bridge over the highway and um then peter tackles him off of the off of the bridge onto a the truck and it's sort of like a matrix 2 uh which i don't think had come out yet obviously but um it, it sort of looked like the fight from that where they're fighting on top of the trucks and eventually um the chicken uh, is almost going to kill Peter by knocking him off the truck, but then the truck um, goes flying off of a uh, drawbridge that uh, starts opening that the driver hadn't noticed. And then when that happens, they get flung into the air and they they reach a, a ladder on a helicopter that had been passing by. And then as they're beating each other while hanging onto this ladder, they run into an office building and we cut into the office building before they do. And, yeah, it's Seth MacFarlane, I think, talking to uh, Mike Henry uh, about some paperwork, and then they, the chicken and Peter, come crashing into the, come crashing into the building, and they stay, start fighting some more. Peter eventually tackles him through a wall and starts smashing his head in with a copier, and he he walks out through the hole in the wall and says, "Chicken gave me a bad coupon," and then the um, chicken. Uh, jump runs behind him and uh hits him from behind, and um they go flying out the window again to the ground below. But Peter lands on top of the chicken, and um uh uh and he 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 gets up and walks away, and but uh right before the scenes end, we see that the chicken eyes open. And uh, then we come back to our scene and Peter's talking to the guy in the chicken suit and he's like, yeah, you know, maybe another time. And the guy's like, there will there will never be another time uh, after New Year's this year. Everything will be ended. Y2K. Y2K. What are you selling? Chicken or sex jelly? Haven't you heard? At midnight, every computer in the world is going to fail. Planes will fall out of the sky, and all the world's nuclear weapons will explode, annihilating the entire planet. No! Silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. Damn long ears trying to take Easter away from Jesus. I'm, I'm... And then we cut to Peter showing up in the driveway of his house, and Cleveland Quagmire and Joe are all sitting, uh, standing in front of Quagmire's house, and they just tied a balloon to his um, mailbox. And Cleveland says, hey, Peter, if you didn't know, uh, a balloon tied to your mailbox is the international symbol for party over here. And um, Peter tries to warn the guys about uh, Y2K, um, and he ends up making a night court joke where uh, you're going to end up dying and going to heaven and seeing the twin bailiffs from night court and you won't know which ones is which and it'll be really awkward 
but it this is a really special moment because this is the first time that we see um the entire gang peter joe quagmire and cleveland all together for the first time um even though joe did premiere in an episode in the first season he wasn't in the last two episodes of that or the first episode of the second season and he didn't show up until last episode again um but he still wasn't in um hanging out with the rest of the guys which is um really cool uh it's really it's really fun to see this first uh this first uh meeting of everyone in the in the very first scene together they're not at the drunken clam yet but they are hanging out so that's really special and um we cut to later on uh, in the night. Um, Brian's got a tuxedo on. He he asks um, Lois to help him with his studs, and she's like, "You're a little overdressed." He's like, "Yeah, I'm only making a stop at Quagmire's. I'm actually uh, gonna head out to the Boston Pops tonight, and uh, you know, I'm trying to nail a flautist." And Stewie comes out, and he's dressed as Baby New Year, and he's like, "You know, I'd rather like the sash, but do the Huggies make my ass look fat?" And um, Lois is like, Peter sure is taking forever. Um, you know, some you know, even though I'm the woman, he seems to always take a little bit longer than me. And then we cut to, um, and in this, Lois is wearing a red dress, a uh, striped red dress with a with a red um, heart necklace around her neck. And then we cut to a cutaway joke where she's wearing the same exact outfit except for in purple. And um, she's telling Peter to hurry up and Peter comes in and he's dressed exactly in the same dress and, and necklace and earrings as as her. And he's like, well, you know, one of us is going to have to change. And she's like, are you are you shitting me? And he's like, unzip me. And um, we we cut back and the kids have come down and, and Lois is like, where's your father? And. Chris is like, oh, he's still down in the basement, and so she tries to open the door, but he he bursts up, and he's in a he's in a hazmat suit, um, which is a little poignant for today's times. But he comes up in a hazmat suit, and Chris is like, oh my god, it's the government, ET, run! And uh, ET goes running, he's and uh, he makes a funny noise, and it's just a funny reference. I'm not a big ET fan, but this joke is pretty funny. And uh, Peter warns his family about y2k and none of them believe him they're all like look we just want to go to this party and um he's like uh well you know down in the basement i've been working all day and i've got that one christmas present that you've always wanted down there and they all go running and uh meg's like a cell phone chris is like a dog and uh brian says a humidor and stewie says a dead lewis and they all go running downstairs and lois is like look you can stay down here if you want but we're gonna go to the party um, and then she calls the kids and he's like, Lois, are you pregnant? And she's like, no. And so he pushes her down the stairs. Uh, Catholic joke. And um, <laughs> then um, we cut to everyone downstairs waiting for the New Year's. Oh, dear me. Yes, yes. This is how I wanted to enter the new millennium. Locked in a basement with imbeciles dressed like a gay Neil Armstrong. Thanks a lot, Peter. Right now, I could be in Boston pretending I give a rat's ass about Vivaldi. Yeah, and I could be getting felt up by Kevin. Now, Meg, don't you give it all away up front. Make him work for it. And shame on you, Peter, scaring the kids with your nuclear holocaust nonsense. Then she says that um, uh, if, if they hurry, that they can get to uh, Quagmire's party before the New Year's countdown. And 
Chris says, uh, the news is on, look, and then the countdown starts. Uh, Trisha's down in downtown Quahog watching the Alabaster Clam uh, come down, which is a, a reference to the to the giant ball in New York City and other places, I suppose. But um, New Year's happens, and at first nothing happens, and uh, they're all like, oh, good job, Peter. We missed the party. And uh, Brian's like, a flautist, Peter, a flautist. And uh, they all go to leave, but then everything uh, uh, changes, and airplanes start falling out of the sky, and missiles taking off, take off, and we cut to these guys in the military uh, in front of the computer, and one of the guys is like, oh, good job, Johnson, it's very festive. Uh, there's lights on the computer that say Happy New Year, and the guy says, no, that's, uh, that's not anything I'm doing, that's the missiles that are all going off right now. Uh, that's just a coincidence. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I guess uh, now that you mention it, the Y is kind of messed up. And uh, then we see missiles taking off. It, we cut to a Clinton fundraiser and some missiles go off in the background. And Clinton looks at Hillary and he's like, oh, screw it. Come here, Hillary. And he starts feeling her up. And uh, then we see some aliens up in the sky and a redneck comes up and he's like, what I miss. And... Um, after everything is done and the dust settles, uh, we, we get a static shot in the house and we just hear Peter go, holy crap, did anyone else feel that? And we cut to our first commercial. And uh, when we come back, um, we see the family at the breakfast table. Um, Lois is making eggs over a barrel fire with a license plate as the criddle. And um, Peter comes in and uh, starts talking to Lois. Good morning, family. Hey, Lois, you remember when I was the third hardy boy? Peter, there was no third hardy boy. Oh, really? Just like there was no apocalypse, he shoots, he scores! <laughs> okay, we were wrong about the end of the world and you were right. Can we please just drop it? It's just not fair. I finally get a date with Kevin, and he gets vaporized. He's just using that as an excuse. <laughs> Let's just be grateful we survived the apocalypse. Help. Uh, after it's funny. After right after she says that, we hear Quagmire and Cleveland seemingly coming up, uh, but we can't see them. They're arguing about uh, about something and. They open the door and Quagmire is fused to Cleveland like at the waist. Not that he has like legs, like it's like his entire body uh, below his waist is gone and his waist is attached to Cleveland's waist. And uh, they're arguing back and forth and, and um, uh, Lois is like, boys, boys, calm down. You guys used to be so close. And uh, Cleveland says, yeah, you know, we've, we've just bo both been um, really testy since... Uh, you know, since we were fused together and we also haven't had any food, you know, and, and, um, Lois is like, yeah, you know, when I think about all the food that we've wasted in this house over the years and we cut to Peter, uh, trying to feed something, uh, to, uh, Tom Selleck on the TV as he's watching Magnum PI and, uh, then he, Higgins pops up and he's like, no Higgins, no, none for you. This is Tom Selleck's. You had yours. And uh, right after we come back from that, we see Peter's eating all the dehydrated food that uh, Lois was just saying 
she said um, she's glad that Peter bought a, a, a year's worth of food before the the Y2K happened. And we see Peter's just eating the last little bit of it. And he, he's like, yeah, it was kind of a waste of money, though. You know, I just ate it all. I just ate a year's worth of food and I'm not even full. And uh, he uh, drinks a glass of water and then he balloons up um, immediately. And he's like, oh, I have to poop. Everybody leave now. And everyone runs away. And then we uh, we cut to Peter and Brian. Uh, they're out looking for food. They're, uh, they're at the stop and shop. And Peter's mad because this is the one time he brought his uh, uh, club card. And, it, and uh, they're, they're not even open. And uh, Brian suddenly smells some barbecue. And they go running after the smell. And they wind up at the news station. And uh, we see uh, Tom and Diane uh, eating some food. And... Tom's like, well, what did I tell you, Diane? Am I, can I cook or what? And she's like, yeah, but I guess I feel bad. We should be eating her with chopsticks. And they both start laughing. And Brian's like, oh, my God. They're eating Asian reporter Trisha Takanawa. And Peter's like, yeah, which is crazy. They're just going to be full. They're just going to be hungry again in an hour. And um, after that scene, we cut to the family leaving. Um, they're packing up their car. They're going to go try and find some food. Uh, Chris tries to bring along his his friend a little tree, and Peter uh, tells him that he can't bring him because uh, it'll just be another mouth to feed. And so he takes it uh, around back, and he shoots it. And um, Lois is like, you know, where are we going to go? What makes you think there's going to be any food uh, anywhere else if we can't find any here? And Peter's like, uh, well, you know, I heard that there's uh, uh, a Twinkie factory in Natick. And she's like, Twinkies? And uh, then he says, yeah, you know, I saw a, uh, a documentary about it. And everyone knows that there's two things that can survive a nuclear holocaust, and that's cockroaches and Twinkies. Uh, I saw a uh, A&E biography about them. Lois, everyone knows there are only two things that can survive a nuclear holocaust, cockroaches and Twinkies. And there's a Twinkie factory in Natick. Twinkies? Yeah, I saw a story about them on A&E. And now back to A&E's biography, Twinkie the Kid. It, it was uh, it was difficult for Twink to play with other children. He 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 was different. Mm. He was definitely he he had no bones and he couldn't really play any sports. Yeah, and that's you know why we got him the lasso. Yeah, uh, he'd spend hours in the backyard playing Wonder Woman. <laughs> He's gonna kill me. He he loved that lasso. He he not as much as the baton, but uh, we we put a, a stop to the baton. He he was. He was different enough, you know. We just got to get to that Twinkie factory, and we'll. After we come back out of there, um, they're all they're all getting in the car, and they say goodbye to their home, and and they say goodbye to Joe, who's next door. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to Bonnie, and and I'm I know that uh, Kevin got vaporized, but um, uh, Meg comes in. She's still wearing her hat rim. The rim of her, the little uh, bottom part of her hat that's like a headband around her head is still there, but it's she's missing the rest of it. And I guess this might be one of the only times that we ever see um, Meg's head, the top of her head, um, which is kind of funny. But she's laying out rat traps for Mr. Swanson, and, and uh, he's like, thanks, honey, stay in school. And... Um, uh, as they as they drive off, a giant giant rat comes up uh, to Joe and, and smacks away one of the rat traps. And Joe looks at him and he just says, "Bring it on!" 
And um, immediately we cut to the family. They're driving through uh, town and they get stopped by a Mad Max style group of uh, individuals. And they get out and they ask if they have any food. And the the Griffins are like, no, that's why we're out looking. Uh, that's why we're out driving, you know, looking for food. And they're like, well, we can't let you pass unless you answer this question. And he says, name one thing that you would bring on a picnic. And the family start doing the family feud whisper uh, uh, thing. And they're all naming answers. And, and Stewie, just like earlier, is like, a dead Lois? And, um, but... Peter turns back to him and he's like, we're going to go with a uh, potato salad. And the guy looks at the clouds and says, show me potato salad. And, um, the family just as every, as they're just staring at the clouds, they're like, uh, maybe we should just go. And they get in the car and drive off. And, uh, later on we cut to them running out of gas. Uh, Peter seems, um, surprised that he's running out of gas at all and, and it just seems weird that he wouldn't be watching his casting but that's neither here nor, it's just a little stupid thing but um we see um uh, a house off in the distance and the family comes walking up to it and there's an old man sitting in front in a rocking chair and he's like hey y'all how are you why don't you come sit a spell and they're like wow this is amazing um, we're, we're, uh, we can stay here, uh, and we're so hungry. And he's like, well, we got all the room that you want or that we, uh, we have more room than room, more room than we need and all the apples that you can eat. And everyone's, uh, super psyched. And Peter's like, no, we're, uh, we're headed off to Natick and, uh, for the Twinkie factory. And they're like, what? No, we're not going to go to a Twinkie factory, but that may not even exist. Uh, just, uh, you know, this place is paradise. And the guy's like, yeah. All except for Randy Newman. Fat man with his kids and dog Drove in through the morning fog Hey there, Rover. Come on over. Wow, it's nice to have music while we eat. Red-headed lady Reaching for an apple Gonna take a bite Nope. Nope. She gonna breed on it voice. Wipes it on her blouse. She take a bite. Choose it once, twice, three times, four times. Stops. The lava waking. Take the long hard look at Randy. Five times. That old husband walking over. Let's get the hell out of here. And after, it's funny, right after he, uh, he keeps singing left foot, right foot, and then, um, Lois throws the apple and cocks him right in the face. And, uh, later on, uh, they're, the family's walking along and, uh, uh Chris is singing left foot foot right foot left foot right foot and Lois is trying to get him to shut up uh she's like honey I uh, I have a mommy has a really big headache please stop please stop and then she like pushes him a little bit she's like stop and um they Lois turns to Peter and she's like um we we I can't believe you let us out here we're gonna die um what are we gonna do and uh, just then Brian says, look, and we see the sign that says, welcome to Natick. And we pan up just a little bit and we don't see any factory. And uh, Stewie's like, 
Stewie uh, gets down from Lois's arms and he uh, starts saying, well, that's it. Game over. Game over, man. And uh, it's a, it's a contact from line uh, contact or it's a line from contact. Um, no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's a line from aliens. Um, this episode, this, not this episode, this, uh, segment of the episode is laden, uh, with lots of sci-fi, um, lines from lots of different sci-fi movies. It's a, a really funny scene, uh, actually. He, he says that line and that's a line from, um, from, uh, aliens and then he falls into some nuclear waste and then, uh, Lois pulls them out, and she's like, Stewie, get out of that nuclear waste. Who knows what animals have been in there? And then um, the sun starts coming up a little bit more, and they see, as it shines, a uh, giant Twinkie factory. And everyone starts freaking out, and they run to it and open the door, and it's completely intact, and they're all like, there's enough food in here for us forever. And Peter is... um, Peter is... uh, He says... No words should have sent a poet, and it's it's a line from Contact, so it's another line from a famous sci-fi film. But uh, Peter is like, you know, we'll build a town here, a new town, a better town. Uh, we'll we'll call it New Quahog. And frankly, from this point on, or uh, at this point, Peter is really nailing it. Um, as far as uh, uh, this episode, he is uh. He's showing some real. Uh, he he's showing some real balls. He's he's uh making some really intelligent choices and and uh, it's really paying off for the family so far. And they're like, yeah, you know, we'll build a mall so I can hang out there with my friends. And uh, Chris is like, yeah, and we'll build uh Denny's and then we'll build another Denny's and we'll say, let's go to that one. Let's go to the good Denny's, not that Denny's. And Stewie, uh, we cut to Stewie and his arms have mutated into, um, octopus arms. And he's like, oh, this isn't good, is it? And, uh, that's when we cut to our, 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 uh, next commercial. And when we come back, the, the people from Quahog, uh, have, 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 are building the town. Um, it's funny. They're building a, they're building a post office. And then we cut to them, uh, unveiling a Disney store and uh quagmire and um quagmire and cleveland are painting a fence and they, they're done and and cleveland starts walking away and quagmire's face just hits every post as he's walking and uh we cut to a i guess they brought their home or they made a a new version of their home but chris comes in and does a little guess who game they're gonna have a little uh recurring segment sort of where Chris is gonna come in and, and and either do a guess who thing or he's gonna say guess what word I'm thinking of. Um it's in the first few seasons. I think they they stop it after a while, but it's sort of a recurring thing between uh little games between Chris and Meg, and uh it's kind of fun uh to include them like that, but Stewie's completely uh, mutated into he's it's just his head on an octopus body now at this point, and um, uh, Lois puts him down into his uh, big uh, into his high chair big chair into his high chair, and uh, she's like, "Oh, there you go, my uh, handsome big boy," and he's like, "Handsome? I'm absolutely repugnant. I'm a radio bloody active freak." And then a waffle pops up, and Brian goes to reach for it, but. Stewie pops up onto his legs and runs across the table and slaps him in the face. And he looks so hurt. Brian, and uh, he just, he's got a face that just says, aw. 
And uh, we cut to um, Peter and the guys uh, playing poker at the mayor's office. I guess they uh, dug Joe out of his driveway. And uh, they're all playing poker. Peter's the mayor now. He's wearing a sash that says mayor. Uh, And uh, Quagmire uh, folds and says, hey, uh, (laughs) hey, Cleveland's go get uh, tender with your wife. And Quagmire... Quag- they're called Quagland or Clevemeyer, whichever as you choose. And Cleveland's like, no, uh, love making with, Lillet- with Loretta's lost all of its intimacy. And uh, we see them having sex, and Quagmire's hanging off of the side of the bed. He's just like, <laughs> all right. And um, this is where Brian comes in and introduces a new member to their society. Me, Mr. Mayor, we have an outsider who wishes to join our community. Welcome to my fair city. If you want to become a citizen, you have to get a job. Well, before the disaster, I was a physician. That's terrific. We need a doctor. We sure do. Let's hope you get it. Now, pick a job out of the hat. Ah, oh, village idiot. That's a good one. On Tuesdays, you get to wave your penis at traffic. Congratulations. Uh, after that, Peter says, I. Uh, uh, Joe says, maybe we should have just let him be a doctor. And Peter's like, no, this is how everyone got their job here. Um, and then we cut to an old lady trying to be a fireman. She's holding onto the hose and she says, go. And then the she obviously just goes flying with the fire hose. And then we see a donkey trying to be a dentist. And uh, uh, um, it kicks a guy in the face after he tells the donkey that he, he's been having a toothache. Uh, and we see, we hear Cleveland say, no, that's because everyone's been pitching in. No offense. It's it's because we've all been uh, doing our part. And Brian's like, yeah, you know, we've built a hospital, a post office, a firehouse. And he's like, even a theater. And then we see Brian uh, at we see a uh, marquee that says Brian Griffin is Truman Capote. And uh, then we see him being Truman Capote on stage. He's like, not only did she look like she didn't have breakfast at Tiffany's, she looked like she hadn't eaten anything in a year. Oh, I'm such a bitch. And um, uh, then Peter, uh, you know, they're, they're like, you know, we have a perfect society here. You know, we have all the food we want. We have clean water, no guns, no violence. And. Peter's like, oh, you're right. We don't have guns. You know, what if something happens? You know, we're going to need some guns. And they try to talk him out of it. But he's like, they're like, you know, if guns just bring trouble, which they absolutely do. But they're like, guns bring trouble. And he's like, yeah. And when that trouble gets here, we'll be able to blow its freaking head off. And um, we uh, cut to a little scene where Lois comes down to the basement of their house. And it's completely flooded. Not completely, but it's flooded and uh stewie's running around i guess it's because he's an octopus and she's like uh stewie i'm making you some new pajamas it's got a little uh flap for you to make inky he's like oh i'll show you inky and he tries to hit her but he misses and uh she tries to get him to 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 try them on but he runs up the wall and onto the ceiling he's like oh i feel like fred astaire and then he falls off and she catches him and she's like oh you're getting to be a little heavy i'll have your father flood the flood the basement so you can get some exercise he's like yeah i have put on a little bit of girth and he 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 starts uh um squeezing and or squeezing he's squeezing but uh he starts um 
trying to, I guess, take a shit, but um, he ends up dropping an egg and he's like, oh, an egg. I don't know what all these women are complaining about. That wasn't so. And then he uh, erupts with like uh, 50 to 60 of these things. He's like, ah! And then we uh, cut to Peter. He's making an announcement to the town. He's he's telling them all of them that uh, the town's never been never going to be safer because he made all these guns in there. They're like, why would you do that? None of us wanted of them. And then a lady's like, where did you get the get the metal for those? And he's like, oh, it was easy. I recycled. I used the metal from our irrigation system. And he, they're like, um, this is terrible. You've ruined our fresh water. You've ruined our food source. And you uh, um, brought violence into the town. And then this other guy's like, yeah, and I've got a canker sore. And every time I keep touching it with my tongue, it just gets worse. And and uh, he's like, look, I'm the one that knew the apocalypse was going to happen. I'm the one that knew the Twinkie factory was going to survive. And I'm the one that gave Rosie Perez elocution lessons. And uh, they're like, that's nothing to be proud of. And he's like, oh, don't be stupid. She's be good and everything, which I love Rosie Perez. She, If you don't know, she's the um, she's been in tons of stuff that I'm sure uh, uh, you know about. She's in Pineapple Express as the cop that works with the bad guy. And she's in tons of other things. She's in um, she's in the new uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, which is actually pretty all right. Yeah, I, I would I would give it a watch if I were you. Um, but she's fantastic, and um, I love Rosie Perez. Um, so fuck all these townspeople, frankly. But um, the town uh, throws the family out, um, and. Um, He's like, you know, this isn't the first time I've been uh, kicked out for doing something stupid. And this is where he comes into the bulimia ward of a hospital and he's dressed as a doctor. He's like, oh, did anyone have any have the fish? I totally threw up after I ate it. And um, then we cut back to the town. They're all throwing the guns into the into a big bonfire. They're like, thank God. You know, what would we have needed guns for? And then right at that moment, the eggs back at the Griffin homestead hatch and all of these uh, stewies come out and they start rushing to the town and they're, they're saying victory is ours. And uh, they start attacking the townspeople and um, uh, they start trying to get the guns again. They're like, grab the guns. They're our only hope. And the stewie, one of the stewies jumps onto that guy's face and just pushes him into the fire and they both die. And, one guy turns to his friend. He's like, hey, John, do you remember the other day when you were asking me about the definition of irony? And the guy's like, yeah. And then the other guy gets just gets attacked by one and screams. And um, we as we're as the family's leaving the uh, town, we can hear the screams and the door closes. And uh, um, Peter starts uh, to apologize to Lois. And um, you, this is our, our clip from the big, very beginning of the show. He's like, you know, I'm sorry. I, I guess this means I don't know everything. And she's, you know, like, oh, you know, hearing you say that makes the entire world being destroyed, uh, you know, really matter, which, you know, perspective is great. And uh, he's like, and they're like, well, what are we going to do now? And he's like, well, there's a Carvel factory in Framingham or Framingham or, or whatever, Farmingham, something. But, uh, and, and, uh, Chris is like, oh, cookie puss and cookie. Oh, puss, <laughs> which, uh, is I, I, I've actually gotten a couple of, I gotten a, I believe I got a cookie puss cake from uh, Carvel from Walmart. Um, and nutty, the chocolate ghost. And then, um, they start walking away and the show's ending and, um, 
uh, Lois says, let's sing a song. And they start singing left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And uh, as the credits start, uh, as, as, the, as the show fades out, we cut to a dream sequence. I just had the weirdest dream. I dreamt I saw the strangest episode of Family Guy, and there was a giant chicken, and Stewie was an octopus. Hey, 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 come on now. It's all right, everything's gonna be okay. What's Family Guy? And um, that's actually um, Pat, not Pat, it, that is actually uh, Patrick Duffy and Victoria Principal from Dallas. That's them um, re uh, uh, doing a reshoot of the entire scene that they did um, from when his character died, and they brought they in the original he died in an episode, and um, she uh, had it. It's revealed that it was a dream, and she finds him in the shower. And um, at the end of it, they stare off into the screen as if they're freaked out by something. And then we get our credits, um, and that's the end of this episode. Uh, it's it's a really it's a really big fan favorite. Um, you know, when people think about the early episodes, I feel like this is probably one of the most memorable episodes. Um, it's an amazing episode, really. It's absolutely hilarious. It's, um, like I said, one of the most remembered and well-loved episodes. Uh, and that's why IGN uh, gave it a 10 out of 10, actually. And I actually do, too. This one gets a 10 out of 10. And I would say, as far as the Peter Stupidity Scale, um, I would give him a 3. Uh, because he does do a couple of stupid things in the middle of it. But for the most part, in the beginning of it, he's actually pretty smart. He was right. He predicted the apocalypse. And he also uh, knew that the Twinkie factory in Natick was going to be fine. But then he uh, got a little... Um, his head grew uh, too big for him. And he started uh, making guns. And that's really stupid. So that brought him up to a three uh, straight up off that. Um... It was good to see the guys all together for the first time this week, um, like I said. And it was good to see that Meg and Kevin uh, relationship uh, development. We'll see if it carries on into the next episode. I know this episode technically didn't uh, uh, matter. Although this is a cartoon, uh, first and foremost. So, I, I, you know, really, you can throw uh, uh, episode by episode um, uh, flow uh, right out the window. But uh, it was, like I said, it was good to see those things this week. And uh, next week, we will be doing the episode Brian in Love. Uh, this episode will be the mid-season uh, for 2000 um, premiere for Family Guy. It won't, it, this episode took two months to premiere. And this episode, the next episode will come out after a two and a half month hiatus, um, which is a little silly. Uh, but you know, like I said, uh, didn't do too well against friends right at the beginning. Um, which uh, frankly, that episode, those episodes of, of friends where it's the aftermath of, of Ross and Rachel getting married. I, I don't think any show would have done well going up against that. Um, but yeah, so next week we'll be doing Brian and love. It's a really fun episode where Brian goes to, uh, some therapy, 
um, and finds that he finds out that he is in love with Lois and how he deals with that. Um, but that'll do it for this episode of Freaking Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. And we're glad that you could laugh along with us. Uh, you can email us at freakinsweetfamilypod at gmail.com or send us a voice message at our page on anchor.fm and we'll play it right here on the show uh, and that'll be a lot of fun. And if you're looking more, for more fun and hilarity, maybe check out our sister podcast, The Kids All Right. It's a That 70s Show episode by episode look back at the classic teenage sitcom in the freaking sweet style. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode and we will see you next week. Bye! <laughs>